Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All righty, welcome into the College Hoop Side. It's a new podcast here on ESPN 700 Radio that we're starting up, and it'll be—I'll be your host. I'm Leaf Tulin, and I'm joined today by a guy I've been podcasting with recently about college basketball, Isaac Shade, who's who's the host of the Locked On North Carolina Tar Heels podcast, as well as a co-host, and he's been so gracious to have me on Locked On College Basketball. Um, I'm super excited to talk to you today. So thank you for hopping on. And, and we got a good topic today. Yes, Leave, Thanks for having me. I'm very excited for this conversation. It's a great conceit and it's going to be a great one. Yeah. So without further ado, we're going to we're going to talk about the eight teams, so to speak, the elite eight that can make a final <laughs> four. Give ourselves a little bit of wiggle room, maybe talk about the one that the teams that are tier below that could make an elite eight. But before we get to that and we, and we get there, let's let's talk about the week that was. It was an interesting week in college basketball. Not too many blockbuster matchups, but number one that was number one last week went down. That was Houston. There's a there's a new top twenty five, and I just wanted to get your kind of gauge your temperature of what you thought of this past week and what you kind of think of these new AP top twenty five that have definitely shuffled the decks of of many entering the season and those who are following just as closely as you and I today. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thankfully, we finally last Saturday was a massive Saturday. We finally got college football out of the way, got the conference championship games all over. And so uh, college basketball could start moving into the spotlight. And it was chock-a-block full. We had 10 undefeated teams left coming into Saturday. We left with three, including the Houston 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 Q. Cougars that why am I struggling Houston Cougars come on uh who had a big 15 point second half lead over Alabama and just couldn't hold it honestly I believe in both these teams and we'll talk about that uh in our in our rankings here in a little bit but uh, obviously it does drop the Cougars down because of some other undefeated teams and so that that leads me to looking at the new ranking I gotta be honest Leaf I thought based on everything UConn has done for me, they were the clear-cut number one, and only they and Purdue, I thought, had an argument for it. And so when the rankings came out and UConn was at three behind Purdue and Virginia, to me, frankly, it's almost laughable that the AP voters did that. That said, like, the, the voting was very close on this. Like, Purdue at number one had 1,508 points. UConn and third had 1466, so only about 50 points uh, back. And Purdue, Virginia, and UConn all had at least 15 first place votes. So I, I feel like the AP voters really value all three of these teams near the top right now. So so I'm I can't quibble with that, but it did shock me to see UConn at third. Yeah, I think UConn's 
been blowing teams out like the, their quality of win if you were to look just like opponent by opponent i'm not sure is quite as high as Purdue no, or virginia i agree with that but the Absolutely. way they're winning is dominant and just for people who aren't like isaac and i aren't obsessed with college basketball that are tuning in <laughs> and i hope you guys become obsessed with college basketball the quality wins are uconn won their bracket of the portland invitational for phil knight and they beat iowa state and then they beat Michigan State and Alabama in the uh, sorry they beat Alabama who beat Michigan State and then in the final they were able to blow the brakes off of Iowa State who Iowa beat State, Carolina yeah. and you know I I think that's a that's a good win and then they've also impressed in in playing the kind of the the home court games and I haven't been too impressed Virginia was able to win their tournament where they were able to beat uh Baylor which was an upset and then I thought they were the favorite coming in against Illinois and they were able to beat Illinois who then beat Texas who had a very real argument to be the number one team in the country if that hadn't happened and then for Purdue they beat Duke and Gonzaga consecutively and then their last (laughs) game was pretty ugly a scare against Rutgers but I think the top three were pretty set as of this point, but that brings us to the real crux of this, this yeah. podcast. Who are the contenders? Who are the pretenders? And the way we're going to dial this down is let's talk about eight teams that we think are contenders. And we can start at the top or the bottom, whichever you prefer of the, of the eight and, and, and kind of just pitch your argument as to why they're contenders. And I'll let you go one through eight. And we'll, we'll go a little back and forth and say, okay, okay, like, what do you think? And then I'll give my eight and then we'll each give our kind of two or three next year teams. Yes. I love it. Well, part of the conceit of this for me, Leaf, is that historically um, since the three point line became a thing, no national champion has ever shot under 32.9% from three. And that was UConn in 2011. And in fact, of those 35 teams, only six of them have shot under 35%. So when I'm doing a, an exercise of looking at potential national champions, that's one of the biggest thresholds I always look at. And so a couple of the teams I otherwise would have had uh, kind of ruled themselves out because of where they're at right now. And I know they could get that average up, but um, so that's going to be part of a big part of this for me as we look at it. Um, Cards on the table. So yeah, if, if I'm going from the top at number one right now, I've, I've got UConn and I know I said they're my number one team in the country, but I think they project to be the safest going forward. They've got one of the best absolute bigs in the country in Adama Sonogo, who um, like if we were redrafting that, that big five bigs today, he would be in that grouping uh, that, that we have there, but they also are fantastic from behind the arc and doing so at a high volume level. They're shooting 37, uh, 37.6% right now. And amongst all the teams I considered in this conversation, they have the highest number of attempts. So they're shooting nearly 38% and have a ton of shots from behind the arc. In fact, only Kentucky and Virginia in the group that I considered have higher percentages, but they both have nearly a hundred or more fewer attempts than does UConn. And so that inside outside game, they're balanced. The only team in the nation right now that's um, top 10 at Ken Palm in both offensive and defensive efficiency. I am all in on this UConn team. Yeah, they're in my they're in my elite eight of teams that can make the final four. I think if we'd done this a week and a half ago, I would have been a little skeptical. I, yep. I thought that the shooting would cool down and there's still a possibility, but yep. they're a little deeper than I anticipated. And Andre Jackson getting healthy faster uh, really accelerated their process, both in terms of going into the top three in the, in the AP poll, but also it means that they get to play with their guys for longer. And I'm, I'm a huge believer in chemistry. Uh, I do a, 
a kind of top 25 before the season. And I had UConn around number 15, I want to say. And, and there are yeah. people, people, I, I don't think people, I got much <laughs> like pushback, but I look at the actual A people and they weren't in it. So right. that was one I was higher on, but I, even they've exceeded my expectations, which were pretty lofty. And I've been pretty high on some UConn teams in the past, but this one looks like they've got more of a juice and more of a dynamism about them than previous ones. So who's, who's number two on your list. And if we're going uh, like from order of, of lock to less lock, Yes. Number two, I've got Houston. I, I'm listen, they are going to be fine. They had a 15 point lead on Alabama, who is going to be in this top eight for me. Uh, spoiler alert there, but like I, I'm not worried about them. I know this was a home game and you got to close things out at home, but um, Marcus Sasser's playing with an injured eye right now. He can't, he couldn't shoot. And so um, everything that Kelvin Sampson's team is doing, I'm still very confident in, um, would like to see the offense improve a little bit, but the defense is right there. I think easily a top two defense in the country. And I just like there, there's nothing that they're doing that worries me about their, inability to win six games in a row because of how good the defense is in March you have to have that guard play and to me Marcus Sasser is if not the best one of the two or three best guards in the nation and I think they have um, enough to do it um, for Houston and meaning that for me the top two teams neither of which are power five teams and I think that's pretty rad for the sport yeah that that is uh an interesting thing because power five has really dominated the big East. Isn't what it used to be. Uh, for those of you interested, Requiem of the big East is, is something I would consider watching. Yes. Um, that said, I wanted to put up just one quick stat before I let you get to number three, Do it. typically a team that makes the final four, almost always, in fact, not typically, but almost always is top 25 in both offense and defense right now. UConn is number six offensively and defensively. They're number five Houston's 26th offensively and second defensively. So they're just right on the cusp there. The so cusp of that. I agree. I, I would agree with both of those personally, both of the eye test and Ken Palm and, and the kind of threshold that has been set for, for teams that make the final four over the years would, would agree with you there as well. So who is, who is number three for you? Uh, that said, number three is Purdue. Who's kind of the flip of that because they're number two in offensive efficiency, but 29 in adjusted D. So just outside that cusp you just said, but um, I mean, early front runner for player of the year in Zach Eady. Um, man, after what they, they lost last year in um, some of their draft picks, I was like, man, no way Purdue is bringing that back, but it's the Matt Painter factor, Leaf. Honestly, like, I, I just can't count this guy out. Um, Zach Eady's ascension is awesome to see. Uh, last year, I was like, okay, he's nice, um, but just a little lackadaisical, maybe maybe laid back, but I, I believe in this Purdue team. I think they, I mean, obviously, they're number one in the nation right now. I, I w- would have them. Uh, I think I have them second in my top five for this week specifically, but um, obviously they're go- they're going to take losses in the Big Ten because the Big Ten is such a deep conference. Last I checked, eleven of the fourteen teams are top fifty at Ken Palm, so they're going to take some L's, but they will be battle tested and assuming health and all that. I think ready come March. Yeah, Purdue's an interesting one, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about on, them on on my one where I have. 
I wouldn't say a qualm with them. Painter's one of my favorite coaches, but I do, I do want to play a little devil's advocate when I get, when I get to mine. So, so I'll, I'll list (laughs) mine and I have a specific line that I, that I think that that, uh, excludes them. So I'll I'll get there in a little bit. So stay tuned, everyone. Who is number four for you? Number four for me is Virginia. And this is so interesting because coming into the season, everyone is, North Carolina, Duke, Duke, North Carolina at the top of the ACC. But you heard some whispers of Virginia kind of rising back up to prominence after, frankly, a pretty rough year last year. Leaf rocking that Virginia shirt there. Um, I mean, goodness, they've still got Kihei Clark running the show, who's been there seemingly since 1987. Um, and you know, one of the greatest passes in NCAA tournament history. Um, and so just that experience. Um, plus some, you know, when they have, you, you think of Virginia and you think of the Tony Bennett's pack line defense, but when they have some skill sets to go with it, um, some, some more skilled guys, you think back to somebody like Deandre Hunter, for example, or that national championship team. I know you got a lot of shooters with it, but that that's part of what Virginia is going to be able to do so well this year. I referenced it a little bit ago, but they're shooting all just like, just shy of 40% from three. Um, That's the kind of thing you match that with the defense. And I just believe in Tony Bennett and what he can do. And um, for me right now, they have ascended past both Duke and North Carolina to be the ACC favorites and one of my favorites to be a potential final four team. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I, I expected Virginia to contend in the ACC because they were veteran um, to, I, I think Tony Bennett's, if not the best coach in the country, he's, he's one or two. Uh, and I think that there was a chance that they'd win the ACC, but not be a contender. And I think that early in the season, when they played Illinois in the final, like they, I think they surprised Baylor a little bit. I was impressed, uh-huh. but it was when they played Illinois, I saw this, this ability to go small or to go big and they can be disruptive defensively because they play their pack line. That's everyone knows that, but you got to be able to beat it. And then they're shooting really well. I worry a little bit about the um, reliance on Reese Beekman yes. as someone who, yes. who has to break down the defense, but they've got a lot of players that can do it. Egalitarian scoring offense. So if someone's has an off night, there's like a chance it. that someone else can pick up the, the pace. I'm there with you on Virginia. Um, it, it's interesting because I, I do enjoy watching Virginia have kind of become a, a, they're not like, I don't have a, the diehard claim, but I, I watch almost every game and I root for them in, in just about any game. And, and I think, I think they've impressed me to where I, I think that ACC should be something that they think about every year, but then this, this could be a team that can make a final four. And I wouldn't have expected that prior. So we've yeah. got four teams. We got four more to go. There is a theme to this, but, um, and I think, I think you and I can kind of tell that there's a theme and <laughs> we'll get to mine as well. That also follow this theme, but who's number five for you on this eight teams that can five. make the final four. I am going to my first sec school. Give me the team that just knocked off their second number one team in the country this season, the Alabama Crimson Tide. Leave just a little bit of numbers to help give some context to what I want to say. Nate Oates' teams are going to shoot a crud ton of threes year in and year out, and they're going to have a high level of offensive efficiency because of that, because threes and layups are the most efficient shot in the game, as you and I both know very well. But the difference is when they play or don't play defense. So let me take you back to two years ago when they had such a dynamic team. They were 30th in the country in offensive efficiency, but third 
at Ken Palm and defensive efficiency. That was what fell off last year. They were still high-level offensive efficiency, 16th in the country, but they're only 92nd in defensive efficiency. This year, they're back up. 20th in offensive efficiency, so that same level, but have bumped back to 13th in defensive efficiency. And so their ability to guard and be disruptive, um, actually didn't check it right before we hopped on, but as of like yesterday, they're the number one rebounding team in re- total rebounds per game in the country. Um, and, and so with that defensive level back to being elite, I'm in on the tide. They're shooting just shy of 35% from three. So I think with their <laughs> the volume of threes they take, plus that pretty good number, I think they fall into my range of teams that can do that. Um, Brandon Miller is one of going to be one of the best freshmen in the country. Um, But also so is Noah Clowney, who is just an absolute stud there for them. Um, Charles Bediaco has done some really good things in the post gave Armando Baycott fits in that uh, quadruple overtime game. And I love, love Javon Quinterly as a point guard. Yeah. Alabama's one. I don't have in my, in my top eight, but they're one that I would not want to play. If my top eight <laughs> That's were, a good word. were in there, I, they'd be a team that I would want to steer clear of because they've got the chops to beat anyone. They've beaten two number one teams already this season, beating Carolina and quadruple overtime, and then uh, just getting a win over uh, Houston at Houston. So they're, they're certainly a team that should be reckoned uh, re- uh, regarded as a contender Um and, and the reason I'm not, I, I, I would say they shoot a lot of threes, they rebound the ball well, but can they shoot consistently over yes. six games? Can they not play my turn, your turn? And, and they, we've seen some athletic teams can get into Brandon Miller, and it actually hasn't. The yep. Two of the three teams that have gotten into him have really made him struggle, but they've been able to win. The team that they couldn't play with was UConn. UConn was too physical and too fast. Uh, I think Carolina was their own worst enemy in that game. And I would argue Houston was almost their worst own enemy in that one. So I think there's a little bit of fool's gold in that record, but they are certainly a team that I would not want to play in my bracket. I absolutely hear that. I hear that Uh, so much variability with that three point shot as well. Number six, I did when the season started, I did not think I'd be saying this, but it is for me, the defending champions, the Kansas Jayhawks on paper. This roster is not one that I'm buying as a potential final four team, but the bill self of it all, uh, a big thing coming into the season that I said is if Kansas wants to get back to where they were last year, Jalen Wilson has to take a massive leap forward. Well, guess what leaf Jalen Wilson has taken a massive leap forward. He stepped up. He's doing the deal. I thought Grady Dick would be strong. Grady Dick has been awesome. One of the best freshmen in the country so far. I love Dewan Harris as their point guard because he is this um, playmaker point guard. He'll score if you need him to, but goodness what he can do dishing the ball around to some of these high level scores. And not to mention you mix in somebody like Kevin McCuller, who's um, just a dynamic defender who came from Texas tech two years ago. Um, One of the best great. glue guys in the country. My word. Absolutely. I'm right with you. And so um, regardless of what I thought I saw on paper, Bill Self always finds a way to do it, man. I'm in on the Jayhawks. Yeah. The Jayhawks I've got in my next tier that can make an elite eight. And 
I, I think that Jalen Wilson has taken the leap. They become a little stagnant for my liking and, and are reliant on big time shot making from either Wilson or Grady Dick. And, See, and I, I find that to be a little bit of a scary one, but they're also a team that, you know, if, they, if you, if you're elite eight caliber, you can make a run. So yep. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you there. We, we, we kind of are slightly off between splitting our five hairs, through eight, yeah. it sounds like, <laughs> but you know, we're splitting hairs here and, Bill Self, I, I think he and Tony Bennett are the best two coaches in the country, personally. I mean, um, so I, I would, I'm, I'm not ruling out Bill Self. Number, <laughs> what are we on? Seven. Now? Seven. Number okay. seven. It is the Arizona Wildcats. Same kind of thing. I man, Tommy Lloyd has come in and done work for Arizona. Uh, Umar Bala, what a jump for him this season. Uh, obviously, Azulis Tabellis is just being dynamic again they've got Courtney Ramey back now I've had him for a couple uh weeks the Texas transfer and love to see what he brings to the team and then Kirk Kreese is just one of my favorite uh personalities in all of college basketball just kind of I don't give a crap what you're doing I'm a pull I'm a do me and I think sometimes you just need some of those kind of dudes on your team uh they don't you know outside of UCLA I just don't see too much for them in the Pac-12 except Cal I think Cal no I'm just kidding uh Cal is terrible one of just two uh winless teams in all of college basketball right now but um Arizona is doing it and I, I really like what I see from them I know they um, took that loss to Utah, uh, a, a road game. So it is what it is. I really liked what I saw from them against uh, Indiana last Saturday. And so I, I'm a believer in the Arizona Wildcats. Yeah, Arizona is an interesting case because they've got the front court that you could argue is among the top two in the country. Yep. They, they've got scoring at different positions. And when they turn it on defensively, they're pretty good. Like they, they boat raced Indiana for the most part of that game. It became a little close. And then it's the same thing with Creighton. I think my, my issue with Arizona that prevents me from putting them in my top eight is Kirk Creesa is so streaky. And I said this <laughs> last year, Arizona last year was better than they are this year, but Arizona had the best a game in the country but their That's B game wasn't as good as good some word. of the, some of the others. And I don't think their A games as good as it was last year, but once again, they've got among the top a games, but their B games just not quite up to the tier of a few of the other teams that can struggle their way into victories. But I certainly wouldn't be surprised. I think Tommy Lloyd is a really, really good coach that in just year two, he's figured out how to recruit Europeans. Yep. Yep. He's figured he, you can see <laughs> brought that from Gonzaga. <laughs> yeah, he, you can see, you can see what he did at Gonzaga and how integral he was to success there. And it's interesting. We haven't brought up Gonzaga. I wonder if number eight, I'm not sure if it will be, and I, I kind of doubt it, but they're not in mind. So I'll spoil that, but we'll, we'll, without further ado, number eight for Isaac's ranking is. Well, literally, and uh, just for a little bit of transparency, the day we're recording this is the day we learned about the crisp beard news at Texas. And so literally until this morning, Texas not only would have been in this list, they would have been much higher in this list for me. I think I had them fourth in my top five this week. Um, but if Chris Beard's not the leader of that team, uh, like, like let's not dissect anything of, of his personal issues right now. I believe in that team with, without their head coach at the helm, I just don't know. And they're only shooting 30.7% from three. I just can't buy a team that's not doing that outside of that. I believe in their balance. So I'm going with another set of wildcats 
Give me Lexington, Kentucky, the Kentucky Wildcats, and John Calipari's team. How can you bet against the reigning national player of the year? Love Oscar Shibway. Uh, I know Severe Wheeler cannot shoot to save his life, but he is, I just think he's a great guard. Kaysen Wallace, even as a freshman, I think is already one of the best defenders in the country. I think he can shoot well. If CJ Frederick, the uh, the Iowa transfer um, from, t- from two years ago, can really get going, I know he was hurt all of last year. Jacob Toppin has taken a step forward this year. I'm not fully in on him. He's certainly not his brother, Obi, but I, I, I believe that Kentucky, especially given their motivation from getting knocked out by St. Peter's this year, I just, I see them as being so high level, not to mention that they're top 17 in both offensive and defensive efficiency per Ken Palm. Yeah, I have a hard time leaving out Kentucky, but I haven't loved what I've seen. But if you asked me entering the season, who is my my first and second best team in the country? I would have told you Baylor and Kentucky, neither yep. of whom are in my top eight right now, actually. Yep. Yep. Um, Kentucky, I think, has the most potent roster one through nine. And, That's you know, good. you always say that about Kentucky, but it's different this year. They're veteran. They fit each other. My, my one issue, you mentioned it, Severe Wheeler, not only can he not shoot, but I think there's there's this kind of like i need the ball to be make an impact That's yet he's good. better yep. when he's yep. on defense and they push yep. the pace and they're unselfish um so i am always a guards guy and when when your point <laughs> guard is your weakness i i can't get behind a team there is one overarching theme of isaac's ranking that i will overlay and i'm, I'm just going to put this out here for those of you who don't know college basketball as well there are a lot of tough scrappy guards that are that littered this lineup that are defensive pests like starting from the top i mean you you can go from you can go from tyrese hunters one of the best defensive guards for texas should they have made it they'll be in mine um you can go severe wheeler um another one who will be in mine will be zakai ziegler kihei clark a lot of these guys who are very veteran scrappy guards kind of heading the show um so without further ado i'll go to mine let's hear it and I, I kind of want to say what criteria, and I didn't do a statistical criteria. I didn't even look at Ken Palm until until you brought that up because I just I was curious. So my thinking was, it, it my my thinking regarded this. It, it was, it was if you build a team, how do you advance? Like you can either shoot the lights out for six straight games. That's unlikely. So what I what I prefer is being disruptive consistently defensively, have a way to be disruptive. In, in your theme. So it's not just like gambling. You get a lot of steals because that doesn't last. So all these teams are going to be very stout defensively. They can be switchable. They can be, they, they have, they have their ability to bother you defensively, whether it's creating turnovers or make you play their pace. There's going to be a lot of that. And then they're going to have multiple guys that can score and they're not overly reliant on one player. And that means there's going to be one notable exclusion in my top eight. So I, I'll, I'll read them off and I'll kind of give a rationale as okay. follows because I didn't, I didn't rank them, which I probably should have, but, but the way I was thinking was a list. So this was before that we heard about the Chris Beard. I wrote this up. So this, this does matter to me, but Texas is in there. Yep. I have Virginia. I have Arkansas, Duke, Yukon, Tennessee, Houston, and I had Illinois. Illinois, I'm a little off the boat and I may put in Purdue, but for the sake of, of, of my point, Purdue is the number one team in the country, and I love Painter. Like, if my friend Andrew listens to this, you, you, you should comment <laughs> on Twitter and tell them how much I talk about Painter for no reason. Like, I, whenever we, we, we talk, I say Matt Painter's the best, man. Like, this guy, this guy draws up the best plays. Like, Carson Edwards, watching him was a treat. But, but, man, did yes. Matt Painter put him in some good spots. So, yeah. this is not Purdue hate. I have them in my, like, alerts. You know how you, you can put teams on there? 
I've, I've got Purdue in there for absolutely no tie to Purdue. Like, <laughs> but I love watching Purdue. So I watch them every game. Anyway, I'll get to what these points. So I'll start at the top, Texas. Before this news, so I'm just going to say strictly from basketball. Yep. And as we're recording this, they're struggling with rice, which is not a good look. But uh, Texas has down at the half. In fact, they were. Texas has the best pair of guards that that can both be pest defensively and score for themselves. And then they have a ton of athletes, like absolute extreme athletes. And they know their roles. And that's so rare. Like typically when you have an extreme Bingo. athlete like Dylan Mitchell, that's the number four player in the country coming in. He's going to be trying to score 15 shots a game, score 20 a game. He's their like sixth offensive option. He's an amazing defender, rebounds, shoots just like runners and dunks. And, and he, he fits it. Christian Bishop was a starter at Creighton for a couple of years. He's now coming off the bench. He fits his role. Timmy Allen was all pack 12 at Utah. He now fits his role. Dylan DeSue, same thing. My favorite player on Texas. Uh, okay. Tyrese Hunter is my favorite player. So I'll be, I'll be <laughs> but my, but my, sec, but my second favorite player, Brock Cunningham, man, yes. man, he's the ultimate glue guy. Yeah. So they've got guys that are willing to sacrifice, play their roles, defend their butts off. And, and they can score late with two guards that are, that, that are know their way around a late shot clock. It's yes, great to see Marcus Thursday. Carr finally stepping into that, you know? Yeah. And he was great at Minnesota for two years ago. It was kind of mediocre at Texas yeah, last at year. Texas, yeah. And Tyrese Hunter is a stud. Like he's an absolute <laughs> stud. So I'm going to, I'm going to say this, that I am concerned about the Chris Beard. Like he should not be on the sideline, right. but I don't want to diagnose too, too deeply into that. Sure. But, but from a basketball perspective of what we've seen so far, they certainly belong on the list. And, and Isaac definitely made that point as well. And I, he said he'd have him there. I'll talk about Virginia. I don't think Virginia is the number two contender. I'm just reading it in the order I wrote it. Virginia has the, the recipe that is no matter if one player is off shooting the ball, their best player is Reese Beekman, who makes the best, biggest impact defensively. He, he's going to take away your guard, similar to what Davion Mitchell was called him off night. Reese Beekman's the best guard defender in the country. Him and Case and Wallace can duke that out, but I, I'll take the, <laughs> I'll take the veteran. <laughs> Reese Beekman is a pest. And then he also gets the paint at will. He's unselfish, doesn't need to shoot. He's got a knack for hitting big shots. Then we talk about Kihei Clark. We, we've mentioned he's a veteran. Uh, he's also shooting the ball very, very well, has a knack for timely plays. Armand Franklin's taking a step. Uh, Caden Shedrick anchors the middle. They play their the hard hedge in the pack line. Jaden Gardner's become a very good perimeter defender at the four, has over 2,000 points in his college career. And then we, we talk about the guy who's been closing their games, Ben Vanderplas, a transfer from Ohio, who actually sent Virginia home a few years ago, <laughs> along with Jason Preston. That's he, right. And he's been unbelievable. I honestly think he could start over Gardner, who scored 2,000 points, and Virginia wouldn't lose a step and actually could be better because he shoots the lights out, gets tons of rebounds, extremely gritty, extremely savvy player. And, they, and they've got a couple young freshmen that should they really emerge, Ryan Dunn being namely the one, and I think really, I yeah. think there's a good chance Virginia can compete to the Elite Eight and Final Four. I'll go to some that aren't as our streamlined. Uh, uh, Arkansas. Why is Arkansas up there even though they're not in the top ten? Well, that's because Arkansas has a very switchable defense. They can prove to be disruptive on that side. Musselman's really become good at that, although they lost Jalen Williams, who is their kind of crux of their defense. Yeah. They also have the ability to score with multiple players. They have the SEC's leading scorer, which I would say is their third best player. You don't see that very often. If Trayvon Brazil hadn't have gotten hurt and torn his ACL, they may no. be my, my second favorite to win. And that's favorite. why that's part of why I left them off. Yeah, and, and that's a very valid thing. He can score the ball. He's a, a tremendous athlete defensively. He, he's very good. He can shoot the ball. But I, I, they have too much 
talent in their backcourt. Their best three players are all guards, which, which matters a lot to me. That's right. Um, I, I think they're the best contender in the SEC, despite being ranked as the fourth or fifth best team right now. Uh, we'll get to another SEC team, and it's not one you may expect. I've got Duke here. I don't love Duke's team yet, but they have the most growth potential of any team in the nation. Absolutely, they do. Uh, they have a veteran guard in Jeremy Roach. <laughs> they might even be better off when they play in the freshman point guard Tyrese Proctor's hands as the point guard. Filipowski's become their best player so far this year. But, but you could argue that the number one prospect this year, Derek Lively, will become their best prospect. D- Derek Whitehead has a, an incredible wardrobe of awards from Montverde, and he, he's only going to get better. And they have a few veterans. So I think they've got the most growth potential by a wide margin of anyone. Whitehead in the moved into the starting lineup on Saturday, by the way. Yeah, they, they may make changes. They're going to grow. Shire is still feeling it out, but I, I can't leave right. them out. They may not have right. the most steady production, whereas the other teams I've listed are extremely steady, but that they've, I, I can't leave them out. UConn, I, I'm going to just tail what Isaac said on this. I agree completely. They've got Adama Sonogo. My concern would have been if Sonogo's off, how are they going to score? Jordan Hawkins has taken a step. <laughs> I've always liked Hawkins, but he's been streaky. And Andre Jackson, he if the best glue guy's not, Andre Jackson, because he's more than a glue guy, then, then that's fair. But he's the best glue guy if you consider him a glue guy. He's going to get – he's the best athlete in the country that can handle the ball. And and he's – Sonogo's backup is incredible too. Donovan Klingon, freshman yeah, d- averaging like 10 and 7 and two blocks. He, he won player of the tournament at the <laughs> Phil Knight Invitational as the backup center. Um, Joey Calcantara and Alex Caraban provide some shooting. They've knocked down more threes than everyone. So they're in there for me. Then I've got another SEC team, Tennessee. Tennessee has veteran guards. They've got Zakai Ziegler, Santiago Vescovi. They've got plenty of options to score in the front court. They may not do it in a pretty fashion. We watched them play against Maryland, went ice cold for 20 minutes, but the first 20 minutes were equally as impressive by making Maryland struggle immensely to score. Like they could not get the ball in the basket. They couldn't handle the pressure. And Tennessee just had to stave them off. They, they didn't play well in the second half. But you know what? A win is a win, and that's a quality win on a neutral court. They also really, really destroyed Kansas. And I I think Kansas got lucky to make that a 14-point loss. Like, it felt like Tennessee was a better team by more. Early in the season last year, Kentucky beat Kansas at Fog Allen Fieldhouse by 20-something, and Kansas won a national championship. So I'm not ruling it out for Kansas or anyone who has a bad loss, but I, I, I think Tennessee is a contender. Then my, I have two more slots, and I have three teams that I, I am teetering on, and then we're going to get to our couple extra before we run out of time. Houston, I'm going to say the same thing. Jamal Shedd is another guard who fits that description of a pesky def, uh, defender who, who, who can run an offense. Then you bring up their All-American caliber guard, Marcus Sasser, who's been a little off with an eye injury. They rebound, they defend, they've got more potential because they're younger than they typically are, and they've made an Elite Eight and a Final Four the past two years. And then it's between Illinois and Purdue for me. Illinois, I'm a little worried about because they've got a lot of cooks in the kitchen, but they're switchable, they're disruptive. And now you may be asking me, why isn't Purdue there? I love Purdue, but here's the answer. Zach Eady, should he get in foul trouble in one of six games, he provides their offense. He is their best passer on a team that runs beautiful sets. If it becomes disjointed, it's hard to score. Their best two players outside of Edie are both freshman guards that are diminutive. I think if you, if you muck up a game and you make uh, Lawyer and Smith really be physical and not get the open shots created by Edie because he's either fouled or, God forbid, he's hurt, 
that they they have the the furthest to drop from one player being out of any of these teams. So I'll put Illinois as my Big Ten team that is a contender. And that's eight for me. We've yeah. got five minutes before our Zoom runs out. <laughs> Let, let's talk about quickly about your your impressions of that list, and then the the next two, three, four teams you've got that you think are just outside the next tier. Well, the funny thing is, Leaf, the teams that you had in your eight that I didn't were literally the teams that I had in my next tier. Like Tennessee, my only hesitation with them has been uh, the slow start for um, some of the backcourt guys with like Vescovy and, uh, you know, Ziegler's coming along now. He led them in scoring on uh, who did they beat Sunday night? Was it Wisconsin? Maryland. 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 Thank you. Um, Was there only a double digit scorer in that game coming off the bench? And, um, but I mean, gosh, Rick Barnes teams are going to defend, uh, again, watch that three point shooting. That's one of my issues with Tennessee, but I think they'll get it going. Um, the here's one that you mentioned in passing that was actually, it was down to them in Kentucky for me is Baylor. So let me, let me mention them since we haven't really talked about them at depth. I think they have the best three guard lineup in the country. I agree um, with Adam Flagler, LJ Cryer and stud freshman Keontae George. Um, part of the issue right now, why I, I'm hesitant, why I, why I left them off my top eight is just, there's not like that front court presence right now. I, I'm curious to see if and when they um, get back JTT, how how he looks, if he's ready to go. Flo Thamba's done a nice job stepping in there. But, I mean, obviously you lose Matthew Meyer to Illinois, who, by the way, I think he's the key to Illinois doing what you think they'll do because I'm right there with them. I just think he's been a little inconsistent. But um, I think Baylor would be the next team right there I'd mention. And, folks, if you're noticing, we've named – multiple big 12 teams it's going to be another drag down uh drag down knockout fight in the big 12 this year yeah so we're we're pretty aligned in this and I, i'm not surprised by that because we we see basketball similarly from when we've interacted but also right. i think there's a clear cut you know 15 best teams so of course we're going to name most of them um one note on baylor is their defense was significantly better against gonzaga and even then they probably should have lost that game and neither of us have mentioned gonzaga i i'll or north I'll, carolina the top or north carolina who are the top two teams i'll talk about gonzaga real quickly is their guards are not good enough to win it win it and i you'll see the theme with me the my four that i listed here were kentucky i agree with all the same reasons we talked about them baylor kansas we've talked about all you talked about all of them and i agree with you on that and then i've got one more that i don't think as many people would have i have got tcu tcu nice has one of the best guards in the country mike miles damian ball is not a bad robin at at all Nope. And they've got an interior presence in Eddie Lampkin who can rebound the ball and get you extra possessions. They also have wings that are defensively oriented. Their concern, though, and I, I didn't, like I said, I didn't do this statistically, they really struggle to shoot. Um, their best shooter has very wonky form, and, uh, <laughs> and that's O'Bannon. So I, I, I would hesitate to say their final four, but Elite Eight, I can, I can definitely get behind there, and there's another Big 12 team. So, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think there's a few few other dangerous teams, but those 12 to 14, I didn't have Alabama here. Alabama would probably, if I extended, you know, two, three more, they'd be there for me. I just worry about the erratic, uh, you know, th- shooting's hard to do for six straight games, and they're Absolutely. super reliant on it. Absolutely. Is there any other team that you would like to toss in there before we wrap up? 
Um, I mean, we didn't we didn't mention UCLA or Indiana. I had them. I actually made a third tier out, and they were both in my third tier. Um, I think Indiana is going to be tough. Trace Jackson Davis is so good. I love Jalen Hood Shafino, a, a freshman there, and uh, they got a great uh, lead guard in Xavier Johnson from uh, had been at Pittsburgh previously. Really like him. UCLA. I, you and I have talked about them on on Locked On College Basketball. They're just. I just don't think they're the high level, especially when they have to um, re- rely on Jaime Hawkins. I don't think he is as good. Um, and when they have to have Tiger Campbell scoring more and not facilitating, I-, I think that is what kind of brings them down for me. Yeah, they're a sweet 16 team for me. And I think <laughs> if I were to extend it to, you know, 16 to 20 teams, they'd be on there for sure. 100%. So. Well, I wish we had more time, but alas, we do not. We went through our top eight teams that we think could really make a serious push. We gave you a couple extras that we think are elite eight caliber. Obviously, if something happens, they can make a final push. And there's always hopefully room for Cinderella. This has been the College Hoops Hive. I hope you've enjoyed and just expect more content like this. I'll be posting on ESPN 700. And thank you to Isaac for hopping on with me. My pleasure. Thank you.